Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero here, and you're listening to my Tour Coach Podcast. Tour Coach Podcasts come from my stories, the interviews, my roundtable discussions, the day-to-day interaction with the people that I teach in my journey in the game of golf, whether it's tour players that I teach or tour players that have fired me or, heck, it's other teachers that I think the world of and respect or it's mental coaches, performance coaches, or, hey, maybe it's just people that have made an indelible mark on my teaching. Whatever it is, I hope this helps you learn more about the playing, the teaching, or enjoying the great game of golf. I sure as heck have fun doing this. I hope you all enjoy listening to it. We've got great sponsors. We've always got great guests. And one thing that we for sure do here on the Tour Coach is we keep it real. None of this is scripted. This is just authentic. This is the discussions and the day-to-day interactions that we have as the dew sweepers and teaching and trying to help all of you play better golf. And look, if you enjoy our instruction and you're somebody wanting to get better, why don't you come see us and get help for your game with our world-famous retreats, which are going to be at Old Palm Golf Club in Palm Beach Gardens with my good friends Mark Hackett, Dan Terleski, Colby Tuyeg, Dr. Greg Carton, and, and a host of many, many more. Or you can come see me at uh, my studio in Mobile, Alabama, or at the Preserve Golf Club. And remember, everything you need to play better golf is always going to be available for you at DoSweepersGolf.com. You can find out where I am and how to be on a podcast if you go there. Enjoy this edition of The Tour Coach. Joy to be here. I'm on my travels back from the Keys, able to pick the brain of this next guest. I tell you all the time on this podcast, like I love to bring on people who I've met through my coaching and teaching and traveling around on tour and different stuff like that. And what, this is one of the best guys I've ever had the opportunity to work with. His putting stuff. I've never seen anybody get on the ground and watch more putt. And this is what made me think about him when he posted something about this the other day. But one of the great teachers out there, he's got, we'll go talk some stuff about reading greens and reading putts. He's got a fantastic app out there. But Ralph Bauer, Ralph, how the heck are you? And you have laid on the ground and watched more putts being hit than any human being I've ever seen. Tony, I appreciate that. You know, uh, like I said, I've, I've been laying down on putting greens on the PJ Tour for the last 15 years and, you know, anywhere else I can and uh, kind of getting a bird's eye view. Sounds crazy, but I feel like I've dedicated my entire adult life to helping people make more putts. And, uh, you know, I you say what you want about a nice drive, but, you know, it feels great making an eight-footer walk to the next tee. A hundred percent. How did you get to being so involved in putting, okay? Like, I over time, I've kind of just... It didn't start that way, but I mean, I kind of became where I became more of a full swing guy and a coach. How did you get, how did all this happen? So, you know, like yourself, I, I was on tour for a long time and, you know, just trying to, you know, help people play better golf, right? And, you know, if you think about a sports psych, nobody's going to call their sports psych because they're not hitting their five iron well, right? But they are going to call their sports psych, you know, if, if they're not putting well, right? So I've always just tried to, do the most the best I could to help people you know score as well as possible and for me you know that's basically just helping with their putting interesting interesting now let's talk about I'd like to pick your brain on this so when you go to work with a good player a tour player and and you're wanting to help them putt better what are the first things that you look for and like where is your go-to to start with somebody as a putter to improve their putting if I could have one kind of main thing I'd like to if somebody was genuinely interested in making more pots, which, you know, most people are, I feel like right. the big thing for them would be if they miss a pot, 
rather than defaulting to the fact they, they think they pushed or pulled it, if they could default to the fact that they misread it, right? So let's say you've got a you know ten footer right to left, you miss it on the low side, you know hit, you hit it the proper speed, but it misses on the low side. Ninety nine percent of the population is going to think they pulled it. When okay. you know for the most part, what happened is they underread it. Now they think they pulled this putt. Now they get a you know a right to left or on the next hole, right? Now they're going to be trying to think about you know their ball position, changing their mechanics probably trying to push it out more, you know, and then they're in a mess on the other side. So they're, they're just in this, in this, you know, paradigm of, you know, thinking they pushed or pulled, you know, they're, they're going to go around the entire whole course thinking, hey, I pushed this one, I pulled that one, I pushed this one, I pushed that one, when the reality is, you know, most missed putts with proper speed are from misreads. Really? Yeah. Like it's uh Now, is that across yeah. even recreational golfers? Is that even recreational golfers, like... You know, somebody that, you know, a 15 handicapper? So a 15 handicapper, first of all, let's go back to tour players. The overwhelming majority of their putts within one degree, like over 90% of their putts yeah. are going to be started within one degree of their start line. That means their 10-footer should go in, right? But the 10-foot main percentage on the PJ Tour is 42%. So the difference there really is green reading. Now, if you take a 15 handicapper, they're not going to be able to start 90% of their putts you know, within one degree, but it's way over 50%. Right? Yeah. And then, but if, if they're stuck in this paradigm where they get the first hole, they guess at a read, probably aren't going to be correct, they uh, miss it low or high, they think they pushed or pulled it, they go to the next hole, you know, it's, it's no wonder people don't get better at putting. What made me think of doing this with you, amongst other things, I've been, we've talked about it on tour a couple times about doing this, but... There's an old, great old teacher in Atlanta who was a big influence on me, Tom Ness. And I remember one time I asked him something about getting, you know, a putty teacher. And he said, he said, it goes back this far and through this far. How hard can it be? Right. You know, and to me, yeah. that kind of goes, as you said, like, like, you know, I think that, and I've always said that, like, compared to the other aspects of the game, like, it's the one place that, like, a 15 handicapper could be the closest two of one of your tour players because it doesn't really take much strength or speed to be able to do it, right? Like, you've only got to take it back X far through X far. Like, so to me, that goes kind of what you're saying. If they can learn to read greens better, they can still get it started on their intended line over 50%. they got to be able to make more putts. 100%. So, you know, he's right. The putting stroke is pretty, is pretty simple, right? And people make it super complicated. It's not that hard. Like you said, it only goes back, you know, less than a foot for the most part and through less than a foot, right? And you look at putting mechanics in the PGA Tour, I mean, they're all over the place. You got, you know, claws, you got cross-handed, you know, you got all kinds of different putters, right? And I feel like the part that's missing is reading the greens better. Right. Let's talk about those grips. Do you have a preference in those, or do you see, I mean, in this, you know, especially with all the good players and the great players you've worked with, and I've been around you working with one, and, like, do you have a preference if a person came to you, like, and they didn't, you know, they're like, Ralph, I don't even know how the hell I would grip it anymore. Is there one you go to more than others, or does it totally not matter to you at all? I think it's important to get your shoulders square. So whatever whatever grip is going to make that, you know, very comfortable for you. That that's a good grip for you. I, I feel like I call it the engine, 
of our stroke, yeah. the engine of our stroke is going to be getting your shoulders square and then having a, your shoulders open and close, you know, on a mirror image of each other. So okay. whatever grip you have, that's going to accommodate that or allow for you to have a square shoulder, or square shoulders at a dress, right? That, that's going to be the, the grip that, uh, that's going to be for you. Okay. I love that. All right. So now let's go into more. So I, and you know, Ralph, you, we've known each other a while. One of the reasons I love doing these things, just like I did the radio, is I get the opportunity to pick the brains of people that are way smarter than me, right? And, you know, so some of this is for me, but, like, I've always felt like with, you know, golfers, like, if you could help them get their speed better, they would read greens better. Like, to me, I mean, is that accurate? Like, to me, these folks that don't, you know, they don't know how to read them, and they don't, they don't read them very well, but they don't hit them the same speeds. All they don't even have a grasp at how hard they're trying to get it to make butts. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, that that's pretty accurate. Like it's amazing. You know, you'll take somebody who speeds off, and you'll say, "Well, let's take it and roll the ball just with your hand." You know, like you're bowling. Let's roll it, and they'll roll a 15 footer 15 feet past. I was like, "Well, you know, maybe." Maybe we need to work on that a little bit to get you, you know, so, so we have some understanding of how hard how hard to be rolling this this, uh, this golf ball, right? But um, right, I, I will say that a lot of times, let's go back to this scenario where you got this right to left ten footer. Okay. That I mentioned earlier, so you got a right to left ten footer. You underread it, which you know is the average tour player is going to underread a right to left for about fifteen percent. Like if it's ten inch break, they'll they'll see about you know eight and a half inches, but so they've got this putt, they underread it. We kind of know we've underread it, and those are the ones we tend to hit hard. So those ones yeah. that we hammer past the hole are also ones that we tend to underread. We kind of instinctively know it, and we hit it hard trying to make up for that. You know, so I feel like if we've read it properly, you know. Our, our app and our system is designed for basically 12 inches past the hole on a, you know, on every putt. And I think that's okay. kind of cool too to to quantify that and say, hey, like that's where it should be. It should be 12 inches past, right? You yeah. know, and then if they had it two, two feet past, they're like, okay, that was a little hard. You know, and if they barely get to the hole, they're like, okay, yeah, that wasn't hard enough, right? So I feel like if we read it properly, we give somebody a good target. Hey, if we if this ball misses, it should go 12 inches past, right? That they'll they'll get much better at their uh, speed control very quickly. I'm going to go back to some other stuff later, but I like it. So, like, so you think that, or you know, or however we want to say it, but, like, the majority of tour players under putts is what you found. Yeah, so I, I tested. Now that we've got actual data on how much a putt actually breaks, right, with, with, with yeah. our app, I tested 12 tour players, uh, which is a decent sample size, you know, 12 PG yeah. tour players, de- decent sample size, on left to writers and then right to lefters, right? On left to writers, they were seeing about 70% of the break, right? So if, you know, if it's a, a two foot break, you know, they're seeing, uh, you know, 18, 19 inches of it. So they're going to be missing, missing that putt low by, by six inches. And yeah. on a right to lefter, it's going to be a little bit better. It's going to be 15%. Now those are all, all 12 of those people were right handed players. Right, so so why why is it that why do putter why and I agree with you because it's exactly the same thing like if I stood out there and I'm thinking as you're talking of my tour players guys I work with like I agree a thousand percent 
with especially underreading for a right-handed player left to right. And that's where I see a lot of what you talked about a minute ago, whereas they're over it and they know they had played enough breaks, so they try to firm it in and they hit it three feet by. Or, you know, they'll say, hey, Ralph, this is a 12-inch, you know, 12-inch break. I know it's 18. They pull it and it goes in and they're like, see, I told you. I'm like, yeah, but you, you know, you're, you're, hope, you're, you're going to the golf course hoping to misread them enough with a terrible stroke that they go in, right? I'd rather have guys, you know, read it properly, you know, have a good stroke and have it going that way. I feel like that'd be an easier way to go to sleep at night. Well, yeah, I mean, playing to make a bad stroke and get lucky to make it's probably not a good <laughs> plan, right? No. I, yeah. I can't say I've probably not gone out there a couple of times and hoped it worked out. But why do, uh, why do you think players so dramatically underread like if you're a right-handed player the left to right is there any reasoning behind that or is that just the way it is i think most right-handed players are better at right to left putts right um I and agree. i feel like growing up most most people practice what they're good at and i feel yeah. like growing up you know they they hit a lot more right to left putts and they're just better at reading it keep the eyes that they did a study and it they said it takes about eight years to become a world-class green reader. We've got a really? system now, Tony. Yeah, which I believe trial and error takes a long time. You know, like oh yeah, for sure. You know, imagine if imagine if me and you are trying to build a rocket and we're trial and error and sending one up, it blows up, we start all over again. It'd be, be it'd take a while, right? But um, yeah. So now we've got a system where people can learn to read greens very, very well at a tour player level in a couple of weeks. Right. So, I mean, you know, we, we live in an instant society and I feel like uh, if I said to somebody, hey, do you want to spend eight years doing something or do you want to spend two weeks doing it? You know, for the most part, we get the answer with the, uh, you know, with the two weeks. Even people playing for a living, if you said, hey, I got this thing going to make you a great reen reader, but it's going to take eight weeks. Most would be like, I'll just take my chance to do it something else. <laughs> yeah. take eight years. It's going to take eight years, right? Not eight weeks, eight years. Yeah. Um, now the, the guys on tour, though, and and the, and the you know ladies and, and high, you know, they've already put most of those eight years in. But that right. being said, when we put our app down on a putting green against a PJ Tour player, the app is undefeated, right? So you know we'll 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 have them read it. I'll I'll read it with the app, and then we'll get you know the perfect putter out and you know roll some balls down the trough. And, you know, we're undefeated. It makes sense. I mean, how can human eye compete with, you know, technology? Yeah. So how did you, let's start with that. So I've seen you use it. I read all of your stuff that comes out about it. What led you to creating this app and how did you figure, I mean, how the, I mean Ralph, I know you're smart, but how the hell did you figure this out? So, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, not not to get too political here on you, but you know, I'm Canadian, and we had uh, all these lockdowns. We done that. You know what I mean? So we had all these lockdowns yep. up here, and uh, you know, I had all these theories on uh, on green reading with charts and you know levels, and I had theories on. I, I felt like nobody was addressing up and downhill component. Like people were yep. were, were tr- trying to address you know right to left, left to right. Anyways, so then I was giving a, a lesson to a friend of mine who's a you know an engineer. And he's like, Ralph, green reading can't be this simple. I was like, yeah, that's, it's not that hard. And he's like, hey, we should turn this into an app. You know, we have some time on our hands. And, uh, you know, so basically what we're doing is we're using the, you know, the internal clinometer, like the 360 level in the phone. 
you know, to measure the, the ground, right? We have all the physics dialed in and, uh, you know, it, it spits out where it's going to break. And then, Tony, I'm not sure how much you spent with this. So it tells us where it's going to break. And then we've got ways to wean you off the app so that you're, you know, having to guess yourself, you know, make an educated guess and then go ahead and do it, you know, yourself. And I've had, you know, I, I've, I had a clinic I was doing and I had a 30 handicap lady, nice lady, you know, she went through the whole thing and she came up with this pot and she said, Ralph is five inches. And I knew it was two and a half inches. I was like, well, it's two and a half inches. She's just not getting it. But the, we had to test her. So we, we rolled it and she was right and I was wrong. You know, and she'd spent an hour with it and uh, hate to admit it, but you know, she read that pot better than I did after, you know, an hour of, of, of working with the system. So, you know, it's, it, it's pretty neat to, to be able to have, I, I've always felt bad when I had a student who, you know, want, just wanted to play better on the weekend and want, had, wanted to have some chance of reading the greens properly. And I really had no way of, of helping them do that. I had a few things I tried, but it was basically, you know, like guessing. So now it's kind of cool that right. we've got something we can give to people. And, uh, you know, I've had tremendous, like, I started giving it to, I started with tour players first, right? Like, you know, Xander's coach told me he used it for four hours first day he got it. And, you know, I've got a bunch of tour players using it. I was at the Masters this year. I had a, a player hug me, said Ralph wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your app, right? But then it's a lot funner or just as fun, you know, having people say, hey, Ralph, like, you know, putting's fun for me now, right? And, again, if I could say one, like, what, kind of my main point, and kind of my main point is if we could hit a putt, like when we were playing the third hole at our, you know, home course, we hit a putt in the third hole. It misses on the lower high side. We should assume we misread that. And then we'll get better for the next hole. If we assume we pushed or pulled it, now we're in a, a downward spiral of thinking our mechanics are no good. Right. No, I, I, I like that. So explain how the, you know, not giving away all your secrets or whatever. Like, this is great for, and I, here's why I thought you would be a great guest. One, I think the information's fantastic and it can help any golfer. But for whatever reason, we have lots of teachers, golf instructors that listen to this podcast. And I think that for both groups of people, this is fantastic information because, like you talked about, there's a lot of people out there trying to help folks make more putts at the club level or they're developing teachers or whatever, and this app can help them. So take us through kind of how you can use it and, and also how you have about Ramble sometimes. Like, I mean, have you had, like, any people that you would say, these are great putters, use it, and were they reading them the same every time as the app? I mean, have you had people where they were just great putters and you put them on and, like, they did basically exactly what the app said? I've had more of the opposite where, you okay, know, like, I'd go to a tour event and a player would say, hey, I want to, I wanna, you know, test myself against the app. And I'd be like, no, it's Wednesday. Like, I don't want you to, you know, think you're a bad putter. Let's, you know, let's wait till next week and do it on a Monday. Right. But if they insist, you know, I I had a player, you know, he read a putt 12 inches outside right edge. I was like, you sure you want to look at that again? Like, he's like, no, that's what I think it is. Like, I did my whole routine. And it was, you know, it was, uh, I think it was 32 inches. Right. And I was like, wow, like, that's just, he's like, I'm I'm not good at reading greens. Like, like I had a, I had a young lady last year who, you know, junior golfer, you know, Good, good player, right? We had a left to righter. She had a twenty footer, 
She read it at one inch outside left edge. It was 20 inches outside left edge, right? And then, you know, got her, got her the app, got her practice screen reading. I right? worked on that all summer. You know, since then, she's, she's won the Canadian Amateur. She made the cut at the U.S. Junior Girls, made the cut at the U.S. Junior Amateur, and made the cut at a PGA, or an LPGA tournament, right? And, and then when I went to test her, you know, a year later on a very similar pot, you know, it was actually 18 inches, and she guessed it at 17 inches. So she's like, Ralph, you know, golf's a lot easier when you know, you know where to aim your putter, right? So, you know, and, and uh, if we can at least have a, a system now to work on that and to, you know, continually to get better at that. Like, if you think about green, I've always thought green reading is very important. And, I, and I've worked with some guys like Mac Hughes and, and his caddy, Jace Walker, are very, very, very good green readers, right? Like, you know, and, and I think he was maybe 10th or 11th this year in strokes gained on tour and, you know, very good green reader. I worked with Hadwin for years and he was a great green reader, you know, but it, it'd be like somebody standing behind a, you know, beside a quad and guessing the spin rate with your eyes as opposed to, you know, seeing the, the, the numbers, like you're just not going to be as accurate. So, right. yeah, it's, just, it's been fun, you know, and, and when I think about people enjoying their, their round of golf, if you're playing 18 holes and continue to think you pushed or pulled all your putts, it's not doing anything for your confidence, right? No. You know, whereas if you think, hey, I underread that, you know, that must have been a 2% slope and I thought it was a 1.5, then that's not going to hurt your confidence. And at least you're, you're, you got something in your memory bank to help you for the next time out. Yeah, no, I, lo- I love it. And I like, to me, the ways that it can be integrated into practice where – you know, like you did with that girl you talked about, where like you could measure them and they could use it, and then you could show them that over time. I think anytime you could show somebody over time that they're getting better and that the work is validated, it's like it's a great tool for you. You know? Yeah, like Tony, you've done a good job, you know, of you in your coaching of using technology to prove to a player that they're good, right? Like that's one of the great things about technology. Is like I don't know if I'm doing this right, and you're like, well, I mean. Here's the numbers. They don't lie, and you're yeah. clearly doing this well. You know, it's hard for the person not to feel, you know, energized and confident with with their game if if you can prove to them that it's, you know, rather than you know Tony Ralphing, hey, we're, you, don't worry, you're doing you're doing better, you know, which is part of it. But boy, it's it, it's nice to be able to show them the numbers. And say, look, look, it's clearly better. I agree. I think one of the best. I think one of the main ways I use technology isn't as much for diagnosis, but to like prove one that they're better than they think or and to prove that what they're working on is the right thing and that it's the ball's getting better they're doing more of or less or whatever it is that you're asking them to do and being able to validate the plan that you've put in front of them as they go along i think that's a i think that i mean i, I don't know that everybody thinks of technology in that form or fashion but like to me that's one of the best ways you could use it is to help people see that they're getting better because one of the real frustrating things is people put a bunch of work in and they're like am i getting any better and you know you got to be able to show them yeah for sure and you know it's funny so you know we, we have the tool you know I've, I've had it in my pocket obviously for longer than anybody else because you know we had it in uh you know it, with a prototype and all that kind of stuff you know but it's fun to see having other coaches say hey like texting me and saying hey ralph here's what i'm using it for I'm like wow that's a good idea right like just like some people use a foresight for different reasons. You know, every coach can use that a little different. You know, some people right. can use this a little right. different. But, you know, it's a great way to, you know, if if green reading is important, 
you know, we weren't doing a very good job of having people practice that, you know, or uh, so this has been a lot of fun. Well, so to me, I've, I've always thinking of like, you know, how could I use this with my students? So I'm big on putting practice plans together for especially like, you know, Ralph, I've got some nice college players and up-and-coming juniors that are really talented, and I feel like sometimes they go think they're working on their game, but, like, there's just not a lot of direction, right? And they think that hitting balls all day and then just going and hitting a bunch of putts and chips is, is real practice, and I try to structure it for them. So my initial thoughts as we were talking is, like, well, you could put in a practice plan. I draw practice plans with ball counts for players, and that you could you could put in there where they hit X number of putts each day using the app where they read it and they go through and then you can, then you could have them go through and do X number of putts without it and see if they get better. You know, like it could be, this could be a useful part of a person's practice plan and their structured practice. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of have some bread and butter drills that are, that are in the app that, that I like that uh, uh, one is basically just a circle drill, right? So I'll get them to do a circle drill, you know, put the app down, it'll give them the information. And then, then they do a, another circle drill. And there's this, uh, there's a feature called hide tour read that will still give you the slope of the ground, but it won't give you the answer. So then you have to guess and then it'll, then it'll give you the answer. So the first trip around the loop, I like to give them the answer. The second trip around the loop, you know, go to a slightly different position to like basically the other side of the T, if you know what I mean. So, like yeah. about a foot away and then, you know, have, it'll basically wean you off the information. Right. And then, yeah. you know, then hit some random pots and, you know, do, do the same thing. Hit some random pots where you're given the information. I always want to give people the information first because I don't want them to feel bad about their putting or their green reading. Right. So if we give the information first, then they can think in their head, yeah, I would have had that whether they would have or not is another story. And then we start taking away from them once they become a little bit more proficient. I also find, too, with green reading, you know, it, it comes and goes. Like, we could have our green reading completely dialed in. You know, we take a few days off, right? We're not used to seeing the ball roll again. You know, we have to have a little refresher course every now and again on how much balls actually break on the greens. Well, it's kind of like you have to calibrate at each time after you've taken a break. Don't you think, like, like calibrate your eyes and your brain once, once you've taken some time off? Yeah, calibrate's a perfect word, yeah. Like, you know, you take some time off, or I've had, let, let's say it rains, the greens are a lot slower, so you're like, wow, like how much of these are actually breaking, right? And then, you know, yeah. we, you, can, you, can, you can tell exactly how much you're breaking on, or you go to a place, you know, we've all gone to a place, you know, that are, greens are super fast, faster than we're used to, and, you know, it's nice to be able to calibrate real quickly on the putting green, you know, in five, ten minutes, how much of those putts are going to be breaking, on, on that new green speed. Last question. Okay, this is a good one. What the heck, how did you get started getting down on the ground to watch putts and laying behind the putter? I remember that's the first time I ever saw you. I remember walking up with you, working with Lucas, and I was like, what the hell is this guy doing on the ground? And uh, and what, from all of those times laying on the ground watching putts, what's the biggest thing you've learned? So I started, I was playing myself in the Canadian Amateur, and I was struggling with my alignment. And I had my caddy lay behind me and was telling me, you know, where I was lined up. And we did that for, we did that and I shot a course record the next day. So it kind of, you know, stuck with me. I thought, hey, you know what, let's, uh, maybe there's something to this alignment. So, you know, and then when I got into teaching, I was like, well, hey, I mean, it worked, worked for me. I might as well help, you know, my, my students with that. And 
the biggest thing I noticed, the biggest thing I learned from watching, yes, so many putts with with from tour players, is uh, kind of what I said. They they typically start the ball where they think, like where they're where, where they're lined up. They're very very good at starting it there, and most missed putts are misreads, right? So I b- before we had the app and the proof to to show players, I'd I'd lay behind them and they'd say I pulled that. I'm like, no, you didn't pull that. That that broke more than we thought. Let's aim another mm-hmm. two inches out to the right. And then we'd aim another two inches to the right and go in, right? So, and if they'd argue with me, I'd say, look, I got a pretty good view down here. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and that, 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 you know, always ended the argument pretty quick. But, you know, I, I just think golf would be a lot more fun and people would make a lot more putts if they practice their green reading. And, you know, I, I I'm going to give you quick, a quick sales pitch here. You know, we have a two-week free trial in the app. It's in the app store. It's called Tour Read. Uh, things money. And it, it literally is helping people all over the world. You know, I, the feedback I get is unbelievable. So Tour Read is how you get the app. I mean, I, I think it's great. And uh, I'm going to pick your brain off the air on some ways to use it more with my players and my elite uh, elite students and stuff like that. But I, I think it's awesome. And I, I just wanted to pick your brain on that. And I always enjoy the opportunity to hang out with you and when I run into you, and I mean, over the years, I've learned a lot from being around you on the same team, and you always got great insights, so thanks for taking time, but this is awesome stuff, and the cool thing, I think, is sometimes stuff comes out, and you're like, well, this would be really good for a good player, but maybe not for, you know, a 15 handicapper, but this is good for anybody, to me, I mean, this can benefit anybody, because it doesn't take strength, speed, so forth, this could help anybody's game. Tony, thank you very much, and I was a little jealous that you're coming back from the Keys, so travel safe, and uh, we'll talk soon, buddy. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Tour Coach. I want to take a minute and thank Cordy Walker and Golf Science Lab, as well as my sponsors, Shrikshan, Buick, Bushnell, and Vineyard Vines, for helping make all of this possible and helping me share my insights with you. If you like what you've heard, why don't you check out more on the Dew Sweepers channel on YouTube as well as the Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to DewSweepersGolf.com to find out more about my teaching, my travels, and where you can find out more about me.